Hey, what's up? Yo, it's the Kid 50 Cent. Yo, what up? This your girl, Sierra. This is Danny King. Yeah, it's Jay-Z. What's up? I'm Beyonce. Hey, y'all. This is Alicia Keys, and you're checking out Radio1.com. What's up, party people? It's Keys Dan with RadioWhat.com, DJLittleRock.com, coming to you live and in living color from the Radio What Studios. And this is my podcast, What Makes You Famous? It's an extension of the RadioWhat.com internet radio station that I've been running for quite some time. And if you need DJ services, where do I always send you? DJLittleRock.com. One more time, djlittlerock.com check availability and get a free price quote and maybe you can have me at your next event you know i like to party with the people the people need to be entertained are you not entertained let me entertain you (laughs) hey uh oh on the program today i have vero g who's vero g what you don't know you're gonna find out in the next few minutes so stick around for vero g I'm so stoked. Uh, Oh, this week's shows, I will be on Thursday night over at the Old Post Barbecue in Russellville, Arkansas. That's the Old Post Barbecue. Uh, So good. That's my family-friendly show, video dance party, karaoke jam. Yeah, I said karaoke. You're the stars of the show at the Old Post Barbecue. Not only do they have great food, they got great people serving that great food. I do keep it family friendly so you can bring everybody you know to the Old Post Barbecue from 6 to 9 in Russellville, Arkansas on Thursday night. Yeah, and they, they do have frosty beverages for the adults if you care to imbibe. But, you know, I'm going to keep that music family friendly. Yeah, that's my uh, that's my Thursday night show. And then on Friday night, Friday night, I'll be at the Rab in Conway, Arkansas. Where? The Rab in Conway, Arkansas, R-A-B. Now, you know, Conway, Arkansas is in a dry county, and the only way that they can get away with putting bar on their sign was to spell bar backwards, and then when you see it in your rearview mirror, it'll say, oh, bar, R-A-B, bar. See how clever they are? They're so smart. Now, that that one does have a, that one is a 21 and over adults-only show, uh, Full bar, kitchens open, pool tables. In fact, they have a pool tournament on Friday nights. So if you want to try to make some money on a Friday night, I encourage you to check out the Rab, Conway, Arkansas. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Come on out. Sing a song. (laughs) Have some drinky drinks. Have some fun with the people, with your friends at the Rab Friday night. That's from 8 p.m. until 1230 in the AM. All right. Oh, and then on Saturday, Saturday, I have a wedding. I'm kind of excited about that. The weddings are back, baby. <laughs> you know, I, it was kind of dry last year. and not, not completely dry. I still had about two weddings a month. But now it's three and four weddings a month, which is great. Uh, I'm so happy that, that people are starting to break out and getting their, their little vaccinations and taking care of each other and, and doing what they have to do to, to break out of this coronavirus thing. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't like wearing a mask. Who, who likes wearing a mask? Like I'm saying something new, right? <laughs> All right, that's enough intro. Let's get into it with Vero G. Vero G. Now, I got Vero G on the Skype, so if you're listening to the audio version of this, I encourage you to check out the video version at my YouTube page, youtube.com forward slash user forward slash Keys Dan, and you'll find all of my podcasts really right there, but uh, right uh, the, the latest one will be Vero G. <laughs> <laughs> kind of stoked. All right, let's get into it with, with Vero G. Skyping Vero G now.
There she is. Oh. <laughs> the wonderful Veronica Vero G. Gonzalez. So good yes. to have you on the What Makes You Famous podcast. Nice to meet you in person finally. Or Same kind here, of. Thank you. <laughs> So I've been kind of excited to to listen to uh, have a talk with you. I'm so stoked. I mean, you seem like you are so out there already in the world. You're a podcaster yourself. I'm going to put that right on the line right away. Uh, you you are a radio personality. You're a talk show host uh, of sorts. Uh, give the people an idea of who you are, VROG. Definitely. Well, first and foremost, I want to thank you for having me on the show. I'm truly honored. Thank you so much. Um, so, yes, let's, let's get straight to it. Basically, I am an entrepreneur. I am a radio and TV personality as well uh, for uh, my own show, which is called VROG. G Spotlight TV uh, radio show, which is airs every Wednesdays uh, at DTF Radio from 5 p.m. to 7 p.m. So you guys can definitely check that out when you get a chance. Uh, besides that, I'm an artist. I am um, actress. I mean, the list is going on. Screenplay writer. I mean, the list. I, I, I don't get. I don't want to bore you guys, but it's a lot of stuff. <laughs> no, no, no. There is no boring of the guys. This is what they're here for. They want to know more about Vero G. I want to know more about Vero G. All right, the tent poles on your website. Is artist, model, actress, TV host, screenwriter, author, poet, motivational speaker. Which came first? <laughs> first of all, where are you from? And how did yeah, all this start? Sure, not a problem. So I'm actually born and raised in uh, uh, Lower East Side. Those who don't know that, it's like East Village, um, downtown Manhattan, uh, New York. So I've been born and raised there. I just, I'm still here. Um, I just, I embrace the community. I do a lot of great things for them. And I'm just honored to be here and uh, to be just a part of what I do. But um, yeah, I basically, I started out doing most of anything is just being an artist. Um, at the very age, the very young age of seven years old, you could say, um, I knew how to passion of mine and music. Music. I didn't know exactly what it was, but it was just something there. You know, as you have a gift, just you try to like, you try to mold it, you try to craft to see what it will go, will lead on to that point. Um, so later on in life, I I, I felt that passion. I, I felt more in tune to, as they say, uh, when I got older in my life and, um, you know, as my teenage years and now to adulthood, um, it was always a part of my life from my junior high school, 22 school choir. Um, I had the opportunity to work with Al Sharpton many years ago for the change choir. Um, and it was a great experience. We got to travel for a little bit. Uh, we got to see some things and I got to just embrace uh, working with one as a choir itself and seeing how the ends out in the ends and out of that as well so with that in mind I'm just honored to have those experiences uh, as a backup and then later on in life I decided to just do a solo career as the artist um, and just embrace that yeah. A lot to unpack, Vero G. There's a lot that, that that a lot of experience that you've already had in your in your young life. I mean, I'm 52 years old. You're a, a youngin, a whippersnapper, and you've already <laughs> experienced so much in this life. You say, okay, you say Lower East Side. See, somebody from I'm from Miami, but here I am in Arkansas right now, and, and oh. I don't know what the Lower East Side is. I haven't really been north of the Mason Dixon line too much. I need to get up to New York because I'm hearing it's a town. It's the the if you were a, a, a tour guide of the Lower East Side of Manhattan, what what is that tour going to entail? What are the things to see? I 
believe it's it's enriched with a lot of culture, a lot of arts, um, a lot of music and the client with that. Um, it's very diverse. Um, when I was growing up, it wasn't really that much diversity to it. But now that coming back from, um, you know, coming, I actually lived in the Bronx for a little while before coming back to my own neighborhood. And I seen the change a bit and the um, gentrification. But actually, it's a great thing because you see more diversity more than ever. Um, and it's a great, it's abundance of all just types of races in one. A lot of people are just embracing each other and just showing each other love in this community. Yeah, that's how, you know, when I grew up, uh, you know, from first till sixth grade, I went to Catholic school in Miami, Florida. And I, I really, I didn't know race. I really didn't know it uh, until somebody in seventh grade told me, hey, you know, that guy's different than you. And I go, really? I, who, you know, I have a, a cousin and I know I've mentioned this on the podcast before. My, my one of my first or second cousins, Armandito, he is black as night. He's not he's not black. He's Cuban. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm half Cuban, half Irish. So I, nobody is one thing, you know, and I'm only mentioning this because because you mentioned diversity. And I think nobody is one thing. I, I just went and got vaccinated. And I, I, uh, I had some check boxes. It said uh, white, Hispanic. What? So I had to check two boxes: white, Hispanic. I don't know which one. Do you pick them both? But you grew up with with a uh, with not so much diversity. But then you went down to the boogie boogie down Bronx, and, and then you came back. Why? Why did you head for the Bronx? What? And and what was the difference there? Yeah, so I was I moved up in the Bronx from the Lower East Side. I would say around fifteen or so. Um, I moved up because my mom she moved up from she moved from you know from there to the Bronx. So I had no other choice. <laughs> um, so yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, I had experience to see how it is in that side. You know, um, the Bronx is is rich too. A lot of culture, a lot of great stuff there, foods and all different stuff of that nature. But um, it was kind of different from you know being ro- uh, raised and born and raised basically in one location and kind of transfer to another location seeing a little bit of, a, of the way things are but um i kind of enrich both i guess you could say the bronx and the lower side and, and utilize that with my arts and everything else i i do with that well what do you think about the school systems in in both of them uh, when you were a little kid you went to school in in the lower east side and i see i still i'm talking about the lower east side like i even know where that is you know i don't i, I don't know geography but i'm gonna go ahead and take your word that it's a certain way and then you you go to the Bronx and just another way and then come back to the Lower East Side. And it's one way. But it kind of explained your little journey uh, when you were a little kid. How was the school system? How did they treat you in school? Sure. So, uh, you know, being uh, I mean, so I, well, I could recall, like, I guess the age of maybe I think like maybe five or so. Um, you know, it to me, it was just, you know, Hispanic culture, Hispanic community, basically. Um, and that kind of, you know, the music and, and just walking down the street and, you know, doing my usual stuff I would do just to go home and take care of myself and go back to school and stuff. So the school system, it was okay. Um, I felt like it was lacking even at a young age. I saw that we were not, um, let's put it this way, we were kind of lacking a lot of things where in other, let's say suburbs or other places that have more, better incomes so sorts uh have better privileges as they say um so with that in mind i kind of at the young age saw that and um you know that's one thing i do want to add on here as well in this conversation with the fact that i do want to enhance that uh for my community i want to just give them the best i can and giving back to them and um just give them something extra that they definitely deserve to have in their in this community Absolutely. Once you get to a certain level and you have the means, give back. That is part of the deal. You know, you've you've ta- you've gotten so much from people, even if you 
even if you you don't feel like you've gotten that much, you're still doing better off probably than another person. If you got a roof over your head, you got you are doing better than so many people in this world. And I, I just got called today. There's a um, a City of Hope outreach here in Conway, Arkansas, and it's uh, they take care of the homeless. And the the director called me today and said, "Hey, could you DJ a party for us uh, for a Memorial Day?" And I said, "Yeah, of course. You you, you don't have to ask twice." That's what you need to do is give back. And I'm glad that you're a person of the community. Uh, how do you feel, you know, that your community has changed when you went back and you saw a change? Because I, I left Miami back in 2009 and I haven't been back. And I feel oh, like oh. if I go back, I'm going to feel like it's a whole nother world, you know, at yeah. this point. So wh- how did you feel leaving at 15? And then I guess you came back, what, in your 20s or something? Oh, me feel so young. Thank you. <laughs> Um, I'm 20 ish around there, something like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I would say, um, it has changed a whole lot. And, and as I sh- it's changed for the better in some ways, you could say, uh, because like I said, you get more diversity now. You have more people, you know, embracing the community and, 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 you know, getting to know each other. And back then, we didn't have that kind of privilege, you know, raising up in that situation. Um, and I just see it's, it's for the good, as I said. Yeah. Well, I've heard two different sides to uh, the the gentrification. Okay, yes, it makes things more expensive. So the people that that live yes. there, they end up going to their local market, and stuff costs twenty five percent more. Or you know, that's just a number that just rattled off my head. But there's a percentage <laughs> more because uh, people are oh here they come. They're gentrifying the neighborhood. They're making it better. They're cleaning it up. They're painting the painting the old buildings, to, and now we got to pay extra. Is that something that you've experienced? That's the only flip side to that. Even though, like I mentioned, like it's kind of like diverse and everything is happening great in the culture here, but that's the only negative side to it is that, of course, the rents are going way up. Um, a lot of people who I knew when I came back here were no longer here; they moved because the rents are, especially in New York City itself, it's really expensive. Um, and you know, it's a lot of people are shacking up. Uh, let's say, like you know, we had a bedroom apartment, like one bedroom apartment. Now people are shacking up just to make ends meet to make make a dirty mouth so it's hard it's a hardship with that yeah all i know about new york is what i see on the movies i see on tv <laughs> what i've read about no and and you're giving me an idea that this is primarily is a learning podcast it's and i'm learning from you vero g i i want the people to learn about where you're from and then ultimately you know where you are now and how you know how you came to be so what what were you doing in school that led you to believe that you could be a motivational speaker or you could be an artist or you could be an actress or you could be the things that you are. Uh, what what were you doing in school that led you to this? Um, I would say, like, you know, I, I think choir many years ago, and I think eighth grade, I believe. Um, I, it was just a great experience. First time to work with other peers of mine. And, you know, we have something in common with the music. And um, until that time, I was just inclined. Like, I knew something there was going to, the growth of what I, my, my, um, my journey, as they say, you know, to continue on what I'm doing as we, as we speak right now. Um, I feel like it has been a long road. It has been very much a long road. Well, tell me the beginnings. Uh, when you went oh, to yes, that, sir. were you in that choir? <laughs> you know, what, what yes. year? I mean, what grade were you in in the choir? And then when did you, uh, when did, and I do want to go over when you met Al Al Sharpton, because that guy is a very fascinating man. But I want you to to go into you first and and inquire 
you know what kind of shows were you doing did you did you put on shows for the for the other kids in school and how did that feel sure definitely so for the school choir um um, we basically do a lot of rehearsals um, in the school, and then we did um, local events. Actually, uh, we competed with other um, choirs in different various uh, schools, and we actually had one of the first. I wish I had my trophy to show you guys. Um, I actually got um, the. We actually won the first um, first place. I get it, yeah, for the youth uh, leadership for anti drugs. Uh, I think that was the theme of it. So it was anti drug kind of theme going on there. But we won first place. It was a great experience, um, and it was just amazing from that experience alone um and it was just something that like i said you know it is still didn't mean like i said this is something i really want to continue on in my life later on uh when i get older and it with al sharpton that was amazing experience um actually years ago um many years ago my ex-boyfriend had he i think it was am station they have um and they were looking for auditions so at that time my ex-boyfriend was like look so you could sing just go and give it a shot so it took place actually in um nav which is called national action network and it's done 145th street i believe in harlem um that's where his headquarters are at so i went there i was very nervous um you know i just said let's let me just do what i have to do and i actually sang acapella um I forgot what song was it, forgive me. Amazing Grace, I actually. And um I I didn't know the words, but I just thank God I just sang my heart out. Um it was kinda eerie because it was like everybody was like, clapping and I was like, Oh my god, I'm singing in front of this man who I've seen for many years in T V and like he's famous, you know? <laughs> um and it was a great experience. And then afterwards after like a month or so I got the email that I got uh, selected to be in a choir and it was a great experience after that. What what year was this and how old were you back then? <laughs> Yeah, I was, um, it, I, I was, oh, and I used, I want to tell my age. Oh, my. <laughs> I already said I'm 52. Once, once oh, I got to 50, God. I was like, eh, I'm not worried about it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's fine. That's fine. I would say it was maybe my late 20s. Let's just say there, late, mid, mid to late 20s. Uh, but it was around the year, I believe, 2008. I believe either 2008 or 2009. But it, I didn't last more than a year because I was going to school also. So it was too much to do but i am um, i left in good terms yeah. oh so you were okay so you were doing college back then yes what did you want to be yeah. when you grew up um actually i wanted to become a nurse um it didn't work out that way but i, I at least i got some uh, i got something to back me up if anything oh absolutely <laughs> i mean i was a, a i was a emt for a while and and i tech at uh, at a hospital in miami and it was it was a good job and let me tell you anybody out there that wants to work in a hospital do the emergency room at night <laughs> and, and the the, the, the word on the word on the at the emergency room was treat them and street them treat them and street them get them get them in fix them up and get them out and, and, you know either get them upstairs to where they're admitted or get them down you know down did you do anything in the in the medical field at all while, while you were growing up uh yeah i um i i won my college years i um i was taking medical assisting so i had to take a practical practical more what do you call it, internship yeah. um, like for three months and i had to do everything the blood work the whole works um the vital signs everything so it was a lot of work but uh it was great because now if anything happens i i know what to do right away take care of somebody and in the need of help so i'm, I'm already prepared for that well, no that's <laughs> a, it's good to have that kind of a basis i tell everyone it, at least take a first responder course that way if something happens you know you're at a restaurant and somebody falls over you could you know help a little bit you can give them a little cpr give them a little heimlich maneuver 
move or something uh you know get maybe you could save a life i mean it feels it feels good when you have the knowledge to save another person it's better to what is it the better to have it than not need it than to need it and not have it and I'm, I'm glad that you have that under your belt, you know, whether whether you went, you know, all the way to become a nurse or but you you got a, a bit of knowledge and knowledge is power and and, and you, you're always learning. And I, um, I, I, I wonder what else you've learned. Um, what other extracurricular activities were you doing in in high school and, and then ultimately in, in college uh, were you in the choir and then what else? Yeah, so um, junior high school was in a school choir. In my high school years, I was mostly more educational. I was just trying to finish up my school years, high school, finish that off. Um, and then my college years, I was doing my my courses, but then um, I was with the poetry club, and um, it was pretty much about it. I wasn't really doing too much of everything, but I focused on that. It was a great experience. I got to you know, meet other poets as well and, and do a couple of shows at the school, um, and uh, it was pretty cool. All right. When did that start? Were you always good in English? Uh, when did the poetry start? Uh, I always loved reading and, and um, expressing yourself. So I guess it's a combination of both. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I say I could say um, I started doing that around the poetry side, you could say, around I was like 10 years old. And I always had an infatuation with it, if you could say. Uh, fascination, forgive me. Because um, my mom was actually a poet many years ago as well. So through her works, I actually wanted to continue on with that. And, um, you know, going to college years, um, when I was a part of the poetry club, uh, it was great. You know, you get to express yourself. And that's why the songwriting, co- co- it kind of coincides with the uh, poetry as well. So it kind of relates to both of them. Yeah. So do you think writing a poem is is like writing a song is it exactly the same or, or is it different it's kind of like a short version of a song but then with the song you add more to feeling to it and it depends how you want to structure it yeah okay well i mean explain uh, you know if okay for for example do you have a poem of yours in your head maybe you can recite a little bit i know i'm putting you on the spot no it's fine i got i got plenty of them right here <laughs> wow okay it, within arm's reach so for those that are listening to the audio version of this she just reached over and grabbed a poem <laughs> is it a book of poems um actually i have as, as we speak i do have uh, a number amount of poems uh, poetry books um they're on amazon you guys could definitely support that if you can um just look up veronica gonzalez my full name and um if any if you need my information just contact me and i'll send you where you can send the link it's on www.amazon.com Ver- okay yeah. veronica gonzalez we, we can look that up now it would have been good if you put veronica vero g because i'm gonna guess there's probably a lot of a lot of veronica <laughs> gonzalez out there but what's the name of your poetry book um well, I have, I mean, there's no cursing. So I make sure it's not cursing. Uh, this one's called Ready to Heal. Ready to Heal. Well, hit me with a, a few bars of it if you could. Sure, definitely. Ready to Heal takes time. You must take that step to get into that place. It may be a bumpy road, but trust me, it will be. The best experience will let go of all the burden that your heart has to soak in, letting go. When self breathe to a new chapter in your life making new plans to see don't look back it won't do no good just focus on your future and all will come into place ready to hit what was the inspiration on that and when when did you write that 
That's beautiful. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Actually, actually, this is my latest. Um, these are one of my entries to my latest book. Is called Healing. Um, oh God, forgive me. I'm like all over the place. <laughs> no, that's uh, this okay. Is, thank you. Thank you. This is called Healing for the Soul. It's actually one of the um, poems on that itself. So you guys could definitely uh, support that. That's the latest one I did, and that's the inspiration behind that. Is just I felt like with the pandemic that happened last year, I felt we definitely needed time to heal and take time to reevaluate ourselves and our lives. Um, that's why I feel like it's kind of gave us a blessing in disguise, where now we have to like kind of sit back and and. and figure what we want in our lives you know during this time of pause as they say so yeah that's why i read this book is my inspiration behind that so yeah definitely check that out wow vero g have you experienced any pain in your life that that you've had oh, to heal God, from yes. uh well yes. for example oh yes okay so not another book okay so uh, okay. this is called <laughs> this is called trials and tribulations and autobiography of vero g and this book that tells everything i've gone through uh through pain um i'll get a little more detail into it um i am a domestic violence survivor um i am a rape victim um i have been homeless and pregnant um i have gone through the shelters uh, not shelter forgive me the foster care system many years ago as a kid um and the list goes on but these things i wanted to tell my story about that because overcoming all these obstacles and overcoming everything i'm still here on my own on my own two feet and and want to show people that you can do anything you want to do without anything that's thrown at you no absolutely and, and you know people ha- have all kinds of upbringings and kids are resilient you know they're gonna they're made of rubber but they're they're good they could bend and break but uh, you could take that pain and turn it into creativity. I'm glad that you you went that way because a lot of kids they don't make it. They don't make it through, yes. uh, you know, foster care or, or the loss of parents. Uh, you know, the, just being thrown from from one situation to another, domestic violence. Uh, I'm so sad that that you had to go through that. I mean, the, the, you know, I, I've never well, okay. I've never hit a woman. There's been reason, but they've never hit a woman. Don't do it. I think Chris Rock said it best. You know, there's a there. There might be a reason, but just don't do it. No, but but how did the? I know I kid a little bit, but how did the, the, how did the domestic violence present itself? Because it's not always physical. It could be you know psychological as well. Um, oh, yeah. how, how was your? How did that present itself? And and when was that? Um. Well, it happened many years ago with my um. My ex-boyfriend, I won't say his details, he will know right away, I don't want to kind of talk much about him, right. but uh, it was one of my exes, and um, it started out, you know how the size, they sweet talk, you, everything's fine, looks, you know, everything's all, all air peachy, as they say, um, and eventually the signs started to show up where it was first verbally, uh, then emotionally, then physical. Um, eventually, it, it, I was with this person for five years. Um, we produced a, we produced a child with this, um, and unfortunately, my child has seen some situations where I felt he shouldn't have seen. Uh, to the point where I almost my ex boyfriend almost had to kill me in front of him. Um, so it has really affected me a lot. I do have PTSD through this. Uh, I am getting therapy as we speak for that. Um, and this happened. This happened many years ago. Uh, but I felt going through my testimony, my story, I needed to write this book to let people know that, and men and women, they go through it, but I wanted to let them know that if I went through it and I'm a survivor, I want anybody out there who's listening now 
to know that you can overcome anything. Like this is, this is just my obsession with to help inspire people as well. Well, over the years, I've talked to so many people and and women in particular. They get uh, you know these these men. They find ways to to take away the power for the woman to even get away from that situation. And, yes. and you know, it's like a okay, a frog in water. If you start heating it up, it'll boil before it even gets out of that water. I liken it to that. I don't know why that analogy came in my head, but it seems appropriate is you'll be in this water. Oh, it's cool. Oh, it's starting to warm up a little bit. And by the time it boils, you're stuck. You're, you're stuck in this water. You know, the, the, the uh, honey, you, you could just stay home from work. No problem. You have no money. You have no way to, to get out of the situation. I mean, Sorry. is that something that happened to you? Oh, uh, for my situation, it was a little different because at the beginning, it was the control and many factors. But then I started um, having a second chance in my life to get out of it. That's why I was going. I was starting to go to school uh, my college years, and I started to kind of slowly break away from him. And he was very jealous because he didn't want me to, like to be around other people, and and the insecurities were really there. Um, and um, yeah, I, I I slowly broke myself away from him from that. Well, good. I mean, what you're doing is you're telling people, you know, the signs of how how to recognize when, you know, you're being abused. Sometimes you, you see your friends and you don't want to say anything, but sometimes you have to say something. You know, that yes. th- that guy, that girl is no good for you. Uh, you know, it's not working out. Have you ever had to pull somebody out of a situation like that yourself? Um, actually, this is something I didn't know, but it was, an, I was, that time when I was homeless, I saw, no lie to you, uh, across the street from me, I was right in Central Park, uh, I don't know, Central Park North, I believe, um, if I'm not mistaken, I was sitting at the bench, and I saw two people, a couple, I guess, down the street, and they started arguing, and they got so bad where the guy was pulling her hair, and something inside of me got off from the bench, and I said, listen, you better stop before, you know, I got really hostile with him, and he says, you know, bleep, 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 get out of my business, you know, and I said, listen, if if you're going to continue, I'm going to call the cops. And eventually, I guess they saw how serious I was and they eventually left. Well, that's a dangerous situation in itself. I, I, yeah. The police, uh, you know, I, I've done ride alongs with the police. I was a firefighter for a while down in the Florida Keys. Okay. And, uh, you know, I've done I did ride alongs with the cops because I wanted to see, you know, how, how the other half lives. I want to see what they do. And domestic uh, disputes, domestic violence, when they have to go to domestic calls, you know, between a traffic stop. And a domestic call, those are the two most dangerous calls for a policeman to go to because uh, you never know. You, you know, you, you start handcuffing the man because she was beating on, he was beating on the wife. And then the wife says, no, no, I love him. Don't take him away. And then starts beating on the cop. You know, I've seen, I've, I, you know, I've, I've seen that firsthand. And I, 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 could, I couldn't imagine you know, you had, that was brave of you to try to uh, help those people out. But it's dangerous, it, it dangerous to, to be sure, because love, love presents itself in, in various ways. But, I mean, we'll go beyond that. You, you made it through that trial, that tribulation. You wrote about it. And yes. then, you know, from there, I mean, were you writing poems before that? You in 10 years old? You were writing um, poems? I was not really writing. I was inspired by my mom. Um, but later on, I think around, I was 
uh, the age, I think I was in junior, no, high school, forgive me, I believe in tenth grade, I actually wrote some poetry way, way later on, and then that's where I started doing songwriting within that same time, so it kind of gave me that, like, that push and that motivation to, to get to that point. So by this time, 2008, 2009, you're breaking out of uh, that relationship, you're on your own, but you're homeless? How, you know, how, how did you make it through that? Um, actually, I was homeless with um, my son's father um, before we got our place together. So that was around that time I was pregnant. And that experience, I was like, I think over a year, almost around, around that time from here in the streets with him. And the experience was very horrific. Um, things I shouldn't have seen that I saw, you know, hanging out in the crack uh, crackhead's place, you know, and seeing things. And um, it, it's just things I, I didn't want to, nobody experience, you know, sleeping at the, um, eat, the emergency room, as they say, I was pretending. I was waiting to get seen But I was sleeping there Basically on the bench Just to have a place Over myself Brewing over my head For that night um, I You know I, It's this, The stories goes on And on But it was just Things I went through I You know I, I wish I had that experience Well I mean Vero G You've had that experience You could turn that Into creativity That's amazing That That's a thing That you That you use uh, uh, Some of the The most creative people Some of the most inspirational people are people that have been through hardships and you are living through those hardships and now you're turning those hardships into inspiration for other people that's motivational speaker that is poet that's lyricist that is you know the the tent poles of you that's how you became vero g from veronica gonzalez to vero g so when when did that when did that moniker start when did the brand vero g actually begin is that something recent or has it has it always been um actually it's funny you said that because in um in my in my home or my dad and my mom many years ago you know it's short in uh, veronica they used to say vero you know in spanish so i i kind of like put the artist name behind that um I would say later on in my life in adulthood when I said, you know, I want to find the right, correct stage name for me. And I thought it was related to who I am. So the, the Vero is short, of course, for Veronica and the G is for my last name. So I said, you know, this is kind of catchy. I like it, you know, kinda, it kind of sticks. <laughs> it does. It does. Yeah. You know, and, and it, it, it's it's good to, to build if you're. If you're an entertainer, you want to build a brand, uh, and and this is a, a way that you're doing it. I mean, yeah, there's probably a, a hundred thousand Veronica Gonzalez, but there's only one Vero G, and I get to be the one to talk to her right now, and that's beautiful. <laughs> uh, you know, and I, I, I'm 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 already finding inspiration from you. you you're someone that's come through, uh, you know, trials and tribulations, and I keep saying the name of your book that, that people need to go find on Amazon and uh, and go buy it. <laughs> yeah, and you keep holding it up. That, yeah. No, that's beautiful. Oh. You know, no, no, I'm saying you keep holding it up. That's beautiful. No, um and at a young age writing an autobiography, that lets me know you've been through some pain. You know, so tell 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 me more about uh okay, the the nursing thing didn't work out. Now what? Okay, once you once you get out of nur- uh, nursing school and and it's like, hmm, that didn't work out. Where does Vero G yeah. go from there? So yeah, around that time frame, I I um I continue on to my studies to do a different field in medical, of course. But then uh, I realized after I did my um my courses and everything, I felt like um it would it, it satisfy me. You know, it's music was still there. It was like I, I still was writing songs at home and still doing poetry as well as well. And I felt like um music. I, I feel like 
even though I that I got the degree, that's great. I put money and time and investment in this, but it's just music was still there. It was still still in my life. Like I I'm not gonna leave it. So I that's when that time I realized um, I quit my part time job and uh, I went full on this uh, this career I have been doing for over eight years now, um, and it's been hard. I will be honest. Anybody who's listening. Um, Try to at least have a part-time job, something financially to support you. Because if you quit something, it, you have to really be dedicated um, and and be ready to financially invest in yourself uh, before anybody takes a look at what you're doing and help you along the way. So I'm just letting anybody now who's listening now or later on um, just always have have a backup plan means financially because if you want to pursue your dream you go for it but make sure you have something that's going to support you along the way oh you're giving the people gems veronica g <laughs> a vero g uh, yeah always uh, you know it's nice it's nice to have a day job even though that's a job that might suck your soul away you yeah. know but it's good to have insurance a steady income you know even if it's eight bucks an hour you know i know the that uh, people are pushing for fifteen an hour or, or what have you, but that's you know that that could be that could be something. There's fights on both sides of the aisle on that one uh, whether fifteen an hour is the right number. But you know, even, notwithstanding, at least you have a steady income that you can kind of budget. Hey, look, I'm making you know five hundred dollars a week. I can make a budget on this. Let me, you know, I won't I won't live like a king, but I'll live. You know, I won't live like a king or a queen, but I'll live. So, yeah, it's good to have a steady income. And then that affords you to have the, the, the dreams at night, which is the singing and the poetry and the motivational speaking. So where, what tent poles uh, when you, okay, you finally did get a degree. What degree did you get? Yeah, um, I got a bachelor's on, uh, for public health. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. That's fantastic. You. you know, I've been to college a bunch of times, <laughs> you know, and <laughs> I, I got, you know, most of the time it's it's enough to do. You know, I did radios. Uh, I think it was a, a radio communications was my first right. thing. And then EMT and paramedic and fire school. But there were like little two month courses, one semester, one semester, one semester. I, did, I, I, I think the first thing I wanted to be was a psychiatrist. And I went, no, no, that's way too far. No, doctor. No, that's crazy. Even. And then I went years right there. Yeah. And then I went, maybe psychologist. Still too much. I was like four years away. No, yeah, those little those little bites. But then you, you learn in the school of life, and and that's I mean, sadly and happily, happily for us as we get the the benefit of what came out of that school of life. But sadly for you that you had to go through all these problems, all these trials and tribulations. Once again, I keep saying the, I keep saying the title of your book, Veronica Gonzalez, Vero G. I want people fine. that are listening to get it drilled in their head. Go to Amazon and find it. <laughs> I love that. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. So, uh, so tell, tell me what, uh, okay, are you still doing any anything in the medical field or you bet on yourself and totally threw that away and said, I'm going to be an entertainer? Uh, um, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that's, that's, you're right on point. Yeah, I, I said, you know what? Um, I have something to hold on to just in case if I have to. But I said, let me go full course on this uh, entertainment business and, and do what I see what could come out of it. Yeah. What year was that? And what have you done? What did you do yeah, that first um, year? 
Sure, no problem. So um, when I graduated uh, 2011 um, for my bachelor's, um, I just said, you know, I'm going to take that shot. I'm going to take that risk. Um, and I went a full course on it. And um, how it went about it, basically, I started doing open show, uh, sorry, forgive me, um, open mics, uh, showcases, um, you know, just getting my name out there in New York City as an independent artist. Um, and right now, um, I'm still doing shows here and there, not as much because of COVID. Uh, but the experience alone, just performing in front of people and seeing their reaction and it's just a great 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 feeling well what did you do with the open mics and give shout outs to the place that you went i always like to give shout outs to the venues that that uh, helped me become who i am so what open mic did you go to and where was it yeah, actually, true story. Um, many years ago, I performed, I think over eight years ago, uh, it was my first performance at the New York Rican Poets Cafe. Big shout out to them. Um, and um, after, ever seven, seven years later, I had the opportunity to host the event there at my show uh, for other independent artists out there and give them that, that platform. So it was a great kind of like karmic, karmic kind of thing going there you could say and giving back that's that's what we do now with, with the, the brand itself for the very g spotlight brand um but besides that yeah, going back to you were saying um i think just in general just the open mics uh new eureka post cafe uh recoup lounge the, i have a list the list goes too long <laughs> I, got time. Um, <laughs> I, I could just this is on my head right now um Oh, Lord, I I have to write them down and send it to you because it's too many. <laughs> no, no, I, I like people that give credit where credit is due. Shout outs to the people that helped us along the way because we can't do all this by ourselves. We always yeah. need people to help us out. Whenever I do a podcast by myself, it sucks. Frankly, it sucks. But when I have somebody <laughs> cool to talk to, like Veronica <laughs> Gonzalez, Vero G, it's, it's better. The, the, the podcast becomes, oh, my goodness, I want to listen to that. This is fantastic. I want to know more <laughs> about VROG. But so you uh, you said when you were doing the open mics, was that poetry or was that singing? Um, It was more singing. It was more singing side. Um, poetry was not, I mean, I had it just against me if I had to. But the majority of times I wanted to show more of my talent as a singer. And um, it was it was at first, the first time I performed, of course, it was nerve-wracking. And, you know, you're like, oh, my God, you know, are they going to not like my performance? But afterwards, it was just you got used to it. You got used to people just supporting you and liking what you do and all that. So, well, what kind of so, what kind of songs were you singing? Was it your own original songs, or were you singing other people's covers? Um, it was mostly covers at the beginning because like I was still kind of yeah figuring out. But then, um, eventually, when I continued working on my my own albums and my own projects, that's when I started writing, you know, doing original songs, as I say. And um, it was great. It was great experience. So, what were your first covers, and can we see them on YouTube? Oh my God! Yes. Um. Oh my God! I did this song by Rihanna Stay. Um. I. I. actually all on my YouTube channel, guys. Could definitely check that out on Vero G Spotlight TV Network. Go check that. You're gonna see like like the beginning videos. You can see all that. Oh my God. Um. <laughs> Adele, someone like you. That's another one. Uh. Whitney Houston, I will always love you. I mean, there was a few other covers. I just continue using. You know, all doing shows and that. So I mean, these are lofty goals. They're ballads that just have. You know, your vocals have to be on point to catch uh, for, you know, oh, my goodness, this is lofty, (laughs) you know, to do I Will Always Love You or or, or anything. Oh, my gosh. Or anything by Adele. 
that's a that's a lofty goal what made you feel like you could do that were you trained at all or this is something no. you've been singing your whole life i guess since you were 10 yeah i um i just practice at home mostly that's what i would use like and i have a very good ear like i will listen in and just watch how they move and like this, the concerts like the you know adele and all them and how they perform and i would just emulate them and i would just be on like pretend i'm on my stage do my thing and then when i perform i just gave my all yeah. So this is in your room with a mirror, you know, just <laughs> giving a stage presence. Hey, that is the way you do it. You know, you whenever I'm 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 gonna be hosting a show, you better believe I, I I talk into a mirror and see how how I look. And oh, it's always ugly, but you know, it, <laughs> I you know I see oh how, how I see how you know, make sure that I pronounce the names right. Make yeah. sure that I, that uh, you know that I I have my speech down before I'm gonna go and give a performance like that but uh, you know it's always good to plan and, and that's what you're doing you you plan it, it, it in your room but you say you're i, I want to talk about your mom a little bit you said your mom was a poet that she is does she have poems that that have been published or, or is she some somebody that's always just done poetry on her own um that's a really good question actually when i started seeing her because she used to write them in the composition books um and she was showing me look oh look what i've done and she's like you know after she you know I guess write them or show it to me like, to look at it and everything else and I felt um, you know it was really cool to experience that with her to have that connection with her with that with the writings and uh, unfortunately she never published her work I, I did actually recently kind of kind of push her like you know where to do how to do it but um i mean it's up to her but it'd be really cool if she you know could put her stuff out there well know? i'm glad i'm glad you gave her that inspiration and the and the know-how how to publish your own stuff now i'm guessing the books have you published them on your own or did you have a, a publisher yeah um many years ago I, when i was in um in college years i was actually sending my query out to like publicate public publishing houses or stuff like that um of course i got a lot of rejection no's so i said you know what uh, forget them. I'm gonna go and do it my way. So a friend of mine was like, you know, go to the site, go just, you know, go to this route. This is how you do it. And um, all my books are all published, uh, self-published. So yeah, all these, all these books I, I did on my own, um, my own creativity with the graphics, with the images, um, and the content. Yeah. Well, teach people. How, how did you do it? What what website can you go to, or did you go to? Sure. So many years ago, it used to be called CraySpace.com. Uh, but then I guess they got, I guess, bought, uh, bought out by uh, Kindle. Uh, I think it's Kindle Publishing, I believe. Um, but anyway, yeah. So you go through there. That's the site usually you go through. And it will direct you to Kindle Publishing. And then with that, it connects to also with Amazon. So when you, let's say you do the book, you put it together, and then you eventually send it to them. Um, it takes a couple of days to be put out on Amazon and other uh, platforms as well, inclined with that as well. Yeah. So you can get a, a Kindle book, I'm guessing a, a virtual book, but then you also have a hard copy book. They'll print it for you. They'll bind it and print it for you as well and give you a little piece of it, yes. hopefully. Hopefully they give you a big piece because you're the um, creator. <laughs> No, with that, it's unfortunate. You actually have to buy your own products. Yeah. I realize with self that's how it is. But, you know, I mean, hey, I'm. I, it's great to see your own product in your own hands. Like, wow, this is what I put together. And it's really great. Oh, I mean, yeah. I, I read things on my phone and, you know, and on my uh, tablet device and, and even on my computer from time to time. But it's nice to have a book in your hands. I actually read a book uh, uh, a couple of weeks ago. Funny. I don't remember the name of the artist, but the the name of the book was Spick. Oh my! Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh. But it's it's uh, it's about his trials and tribulations where he grew up being called this a, a Spick, you know, his whole oh. life, 
and I, I've been called that myself, you know, uh, when I was a kid, but I didn't know what it meant. But uh, he turned that into, you know, a, a career in, uh, I think he was in the CIA. But I, you know, notwithstanding, I read the book and I was like, I'm so proud of myself. I read an actual book, you know, with, with pages, <laughs> you know, that I held in my hand and it wasn't digital, you know. So I wonder if print is dead, uh, you know, but I think, what do you think? Do you, do you think reading a book in your hands is better than reading on a tablet or is you, do you not care? You know, that's a really good question. I'm very old school. So that's weird because I prefer to have something in my hands. Even to this day, I buy other people's books. And I'm, I'm like, I cannot wait to get in the mail and have it, you know, knock on my door. Hey, here's your mail. Oh, my God. It's a real literal, actual book. I can read it. So, I mean, I know there's a lot of e-readers out there that prefer, you know, electronically. You just get it right there instant. I prefer the old school way where you have to wait to get a book at your door or your apartment, what you want to call it. And actually read the, like, see, see the texture of the book feel it you know actually read the you know turn the pages that's i'm still that way yeah oh yeah, yeah. that feels real good i'm okay <laughs> i'm old i'm an old man i just became even older right now uh you know uh, a e-reader versus regular books now i, yeah. I, I like books and and i i you know i i i used oh when i was on the radio in the mornings i'm in miami i i Every morning before I get on the radio, I'd grab the newspaper at the local, you know, local store on the way in and then crack that thing open. And between songs, I'm reading what's going on in the world and telling people the news and what's happening. So I miss that. I miss having a newspaper in my hands and, and reading that. But, uh, okay, <laughs> I know I'm on a tangent here. But it's I'm okay. having fun. I'm having fun talking to you, Vero G. I'm learning more about you. As, and uh, But... When did you start doing records and and when did you feel like like I've done enough open mics and I have enough lyrics? When did the lyrics start? It, was it all for you or was it up for other people as well? That's a good question. Um, actually, I started my first official um, album I ever did. My debut album was called Trust. What a coincidence! Trust and Tribulations. Um, and um, actually, I did that a couple of years back. Uh, big shout out to my um, music producer at the time, Cool Breeze. He helped me a lot to put the elements of putting an album together. How you know the concept and that sorts. Um, and it was really great. You know, just to to put works of your own original works, as they say, and to put it on content and to put your heart and soul into it either if it's a tempo or it's either you know a ballad or something that's going to get emotionally to hear the you know people like your fans your supporters listen to like wow that's deep that's that's amazing so you know when i you know put those to all together it was just a great uh, amazing um album out there uh but that album unfortunately is not on digital platforms because that was my first baby so i'm still old school i still have to put it together myself but um maybe we'll see if i have to eventually put it out there in digital platforms for that uh but my my uh, sophomore album was called the rise of rg um that's at all digital platforms that's my my second one i did and um it was great it was great all original works um and then my third one actually i do have I have the second one over here, but the third one I have it in my hands uh, is called Victory. You guys could definitely support that as all platforms right now. And actually, I did a song with Cuban Link on this album, which is called Come With Me, uh, which is called Vente Conmigo Spanish. You know, it's like a uh, bilingual Spanish song. Um, you know, it's a reggaeton kind of mixed to it, but it's a great song. I had the opportunity to work with him on this amazing track. So definitely support that, guys. It's Again, it's called Victory. Definitely support. No, and, okay, you say Cool Breeze was the first uh, producer. Did he have his own yeah. studio that you, you went to an actual studio? This was not like in your bedroom uh, recording? 
It was in his house, yeah. <laughs> no, no. I, hey, yeah. and people for, you know, for a thousand bucks or maybe $2,000, depending on how much you want to invest, you can get your own recording equipment. In fact, yeah. this is the first podcast that I'm doing with my new SMB7 microphone. So, yeah, Ooh, I'm so stoked. Hey, sounds good. Yeah, I was using, <laughs> I, I was using a headset mic. Uh, which is, you know, professional audio technica headset mic. But then I said, you know, let me take the plunge and the difference between the two mics. Yeah. If you get the right equipment, you know, for under for about a thousand bucks, you can get a computer with a mixer, with a good microphone. As long as you have a quiet room that has, you know, soundproofing, you can yes. get a, you can get a good product. That, that comes out but you know there's 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 pitfalls you have to mix it right you, you know when you send it to an engineer they, they have to have a good ear what, what was the the process of that first album as opposed to the second album as opposed to the third album and who were the people that helped you in all those yeah so a big shout out to uh cool breeze for both albums we worked on both of them together um um the the process i would say from the first album to the one now is a lot of growth uh the first one i was just starting to see what songs were best for me from locally and to put it out there as my my original work um the second one was it was getting better it was gradually getting better as an artist uh craft wise um you know, just everything was together as, as a package, as I say. But then the, this one, the Victory album, I think is the best one because I actually last year personally. And I utilized that pain, things I went through in this album. And you, it's very emotional. It's very heartfelt. And I felt this album was something that it created to everyone. Well, I'm looking, you know, at your tracks, and, and I was listening a little bit from seven years ago uh, with Clueless, with Vero, you know, Clueless. Oh, oh my God, that's a throwback. <laughs> oh, from way back. And I'm noticing the progression is you were primarily a, a singer, a vocalist in the beginning, but now are you rapping? Is that something uh, I, new? Yeah, just that. I do a little rap here and there. Not too much. <laughs> Yeah, I, I do a little bit here and there. No, that's a double threat. My goodness, there's not a lot of uh, not a lot of people that can do both and do them both well. And it appears to me that you do both well. And you know, you say you have you've had no training. Yes, uh, I guess uh, did your choral teacher uh, do anything with you? That they did, did he or she take you aside and say, "Hey, you need to try this or sing from the diaphragm or." You know, what, what was the choral teacher doing? I'm guessing that's the only formal training you've had. Um, when I was, yeah, in my junior high school days, uh, for school junior high school, and, um, I would say they did teach us how to breathe. The breathing techniques helps a lot, especially when you take out and in and out with your songs and how you kind of put it together. Uh, that was definitely what the, you mentioned that. It's definitely, that was what they trained all of us to do. Um, and basically just um, make sure you put your heart into it. Um, and at the early age, when I when I got these elements, when I did for my junior high school um, choir, um, and even since then, I always use that method to everything I do when it comes to my music. Yeah. So is is there like a uh, a training like when you when you before you go to do a show? Is it like me 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 you 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 you? Is there a, <laughs> a is there a vocal um, like a tongue training that you have to do? 
You know, it's funny. Actually, I don't. That's funny because um, you, what I usually do, I do drink some tea or something or at least Sprite because, you know, it has like the lemony tiny thing to it, your throat. And they always say you have to always have your throat protected, you know, make sure you take care of it because that's your, that's your money maker. So you have to make sure you protect your vocal cords all the time, like drink tea before and after you do a show, which I wasn't back then. But I was like, that's too much time consuming for me. I'm like, but I still protect my voice, you know, with um, things like, like room temperature, uh, water or something that's going to soothe it a little bit so I, and I rest I don't really talk too much after I do a show when I can to you know um, yeah it's but I don't I, I never had vocal training um you know, maybe once in a while people tell me you need vocal coaching. I'm like, listen, I'm not insulted by that. Actually, that all professional artists had had vocal training to get their perfected to their what they're doing now. Oh, and a lot of uh, a lot of vocal, a lot of auto tune. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, an, an engineer will will make a, will make an album great, but you know the the magic is when you could take that and and do a live performance that sounds pretty close to what you did on the record or if you can't do that you just give people a performance that is special just for them you know there's a lot of artists that can't that that cannot do what they did on the album because it was it was uh there was effects on there there was polished yeah it was it was polished up you know and and for any any artist these days that'll tell you that that they they don't use auto tune auto tune has been around since the 60s since the 50s it's been around you know that yeah. some form of <laughs> of effects have been around uh, you know not not everybody can sing like they do on their album but uh you know are you are, are artists making money on albums now or is it all live where where can i mean i don't do it for the money i do it for the love of the art no you have to make some money <laughs> you need a roof over exactly. your head right you need some food on your exactly. plate you know but uh, where where can an artist make the money is it a merchandise after the show or you know where where is it that that people can can support you the most yeah, that's a good question, actually. Um, I would say streaming, it's really great because when people download, they don't realize they're paying. It's like, for example, let's say a single is a dollar, right, in iTunes. You know, unfortunately, I break it down to you. Um, usually the artist or the person who puts it out there, it's basically the first iTunes gets a cut and then you get your cut afterwards. So it's, it's a lot of technical stuff behind that. But overall, I believe streaming helps a lot with the artists to support them with their music downloads. Um, another thing is also... Um, merchandising is great because when you're an artist and you, you you put yourself out there and people buy your stuff that's money directly towards your pocket you know you have to invest in yourself first before you get that back so you have to look at that as well um besides other ways of getting money as an independent artist out there um it's be not besides that you have to promote promote you have to promote as much as you can your let's say your videos um your your songs are online digital platforms cause that's the way you get revenue that's the way how you get your stuff out there be seen and be heard so uh, it's a lot of ways getting money um out of this industry as an independent artist you really and i i always tell people this even in the shows you don't really need a label to back you if, um, if you know how to do things the right way and get people that really will support you your supporters will help you so much um and to get to where you want to be at i mean a label is great because they really will support you and you don't have to pay the money in your pocket but it's, it's that control stuff there you know what i'm talking about with the major uh, label, label records you know where if they pay out of their pocket they're going to control everything every little nook and cranny out of what you are oh yeah i've heard those those stories you know the the label oh they gave me five thousand dollars as an advance well guess what you got to pay that five thousand dollars back before you yeah. see a penny from your record sales 
So, I mean, and, but doing it all yourself. Okay, yes, with a record company, they could sell a million uh, units and you get $100,000. Or you, by yourself, can sell 100,000 units and get $100,000. You know? So, yeah, you got to weigh it out. It, you still made that same amount of money. And that, I know I'm just throwing those, those dollar figures out in the air. But, but I, I want you to succeed in, in doing what you want to do. You have the talent. You have the drive. So tell me about, okay, you got the artist. Okay, and I did find an IMDb page for Vero G. Oh, uh, my God. A- actress? Wait <laughs> a minute. You did your homework on me. <laughs> well, no, and I don't. I don't do that. I like to have these conversations fresh. I don't like to do a lot of, uh, but what is plan B? What is coincidental killer? What is before you jump the broom? What, what are these things? And you've been acting what since uh 2015 i'm guessing sensory deprivation mrs carney what kind of films are these Uh, and where can i find them (laughs) i want to watch a film with vero g in it yeah pretty much so yeah actually some of those things you mentioned they're on youtube actually some not all uh but a majority of those projects i had the honor to be a part of uh were roles that you know from miss carney uh i think sensory deprivation that was a a role i play a teacher and i was in love with the principal and you see me doing my action there <laughs> you know trying to persuade him to be with me and stuff like that uh and um yeah jesus the list goes on but uh yeah all those basically are either um independent films all of them are um or either shorts i was in or full features and that sort. yeah but you guys some of them you mentioned like i said they are on youtube you just got to type it up and look it up but um if not you let me know i could send it to you and you can tell you people to check it out oh my goodness you know i'm gonna put your imdb on the show notes i want people <laughs> to to find that you were in a mini series respect the come up maria bogota really oh my god well, remember that I see so many things i'm like oh my god i forgot about that yeah what do you yes. mean you forgot about that this is 2016 <laughs> was, oh my goodness she's done so many things about the roles that she's done uh, that's fantastic <laughs> so tell me about maria bogota that's an actual mini series that that you had to come back every week to find out about what, what was that yeah. all about yeah so i had a recurring role for that um that series big shout out to brad busy he's the director for that project um so basically that role itself is i'm the sister of um of a guy who basically you know i don't really do it now but back in the days used to do like scams with the credit cards or the gift cards and um they would like get the card information and then i don't know how they did it but it was basically well, that's the whole concept of the web series itself and you know of course drugs and other stuff of that nature um and i i just that was my sister I, I just played the sister role i went along with my brother told me what to do and it was crazy <laughs> okay all right well and, and then all right drugs have been something that that you've I don't, I, you know, when you were in chorus, you said you had a a, a say no to drugs type of uh, show that you did. Uh, yeah. You know, how do you feel about about drugs as they, you know, back then there was all say no to drugs. I know back in the eighties when I was growing up, uh, Nancy yeah. Reagan was say no to drugs. What drugs? I don't know what you know. I I, I never did them. Uh, you know, I've been around uh, people that have been smoking marijuana. Now it seems like marijuana is is becoming legal everywhere and i mean i i like the smell of of some good you know but i, I still i still haven't tried it I, i've never tried it you know but but i wonder about that how how do you feel as drugs become more lax you know it, it, i was just thinking about maria bogota and i know bogota colombia is such a <laughs> yeah it, it, it's i such have a, a columbia sister set up yeah you're pretty good yeah oh uh, yeah but 
But I mean, how do you feel about uh, about drug use and and how it's uh, progressed through the years? Um, for me particularly, I feel it's it's gotten out of hand. You know, where like you said, you know, back in the days, marijuana was like ooh a taboo. You know, and now it's like everybody's taking it. You know, and 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 see pills and all these sorts of drugs are out there now that's available. And I feel um, there should be more. Inf- the law enforcement should take more upon this and not take it as a joke, you know. But unfortunately, especially in our minority communities, uh, we get targeted a lot. And um, I think we should, re- somebody has to take action because, you know, with these drugs out there, it's giving it to kids, God, God forbid, you know, it's it's everywhere. It's everywhere. Even in the local bodegas, they got caught where there's people that selling drugs right behind the back door of the these local delis. You know, it's it's out there. Yeah, it's very accessible, and we have to take some action behind this to try to enforce it to not be that out there. In essence, well, now that that, that it's being regulated, it feels like it's it's going to become safer. Maybe you know the the people are going to do it anyway. Like they uh, they try to stop people from drinking. And then people kept drinking and they were drinking some terrible stuff like antifreeze, like yeah. like real bad stuff back in the in the 20s or when uh, when prohibition was around and, and people are doing the same thing. They're going to have, you know, crack that's uh, that's laced with uh, pine saw or whatever, you know, and, and they're going to end up killing themselves. But if, if they make it legal and the government kind of regulates a little bit, maybe it'll be a little safer for the people. I, I don't know. I just want people to be safe. You know, whatever they do, you know, do your own thing. You know, it's a free country and that kind of stuff. But, uh, you know, I want people to be safe in whatever they do. I don't I don't do drugs at all. I, I you know, I, I maybe Tylenol here and there sometimes. <laughs> Same here, because I don't even take that because I, I stay away from painkillers. Yeah. And that, that's even addiction, too. So I yeah. I have to really have in bad pain to take a, even a Tylenol. That's yeah. Yeah. My, uh, I, I, like I said, I worked in the emergency room and I think I hurt myself one time and I'm laying there in the bed and the, and the doctor says, I'm going to give you some Dilaudid. I said, no, nah, I can take it. No, nah, that's all right. I can take it this pain. That's fine. You know, and he was ready to give me like this really, you know, Tylenol with codeine or whatever. And I'm no. I can handle this. I'll go through it, you know, but uh, that's just me. You don't have to go through it. Anybody that's listening, you don't have to go through it. If the doctor says, here, you can have some pain medicine, go ahead, take it if, if you want to. But, you know, I was wondering about that because drugs have been been something that you've probably that you've been in view of. And you said that you lived in crack houses and and that man, there's uh, there, that could be problematic to, to say the least. Uh, you know, but uh, you made it through, and you and you made it through. You're here. You are with three albums under your belt. Well, tell me about. I mean, tell me about the motivational speaking. Are you are you doing that? Is that something that that you've done? Um, yeah, I, I prior to the COVID, unfortunately, was before it happened. Um, I was at a few events where I had the opportunity to to speak and um, you know, use my my testimony as an example for anybody out there who. Um, can be lifted with my message with that across. So um, there were a few events where I had the opportunity to motivate, uh, do motivational speaking. Yeah. Well, I mean, tell me about what was the type of, uh, what was the talk that you had to prepare uh, for one of them? And, and was it like a, like a five minute talk or a full hour, you know, as uh, some, sometimes you do, you do um, one, or, one or the other. No, no, it's okay. Actually in one event, um, I did, I think maybe no more than maybe 10 minutes, uh, cause it was other people as well. It was like a panel. Um, so I had to kind of like briefly talk about more or less my, my testimony and how I overcame it and, you know, utilize that and, and maybe inspire somebody in the room that, wow, you know, that this person 
going to help me overcome maybe something that I know someone through, went through or are going through. So, yeah. Well, tell me, okay, I, I just thought about it. Tell, tell me about your dealing with Al Sharpton. Uh, how cool was that? Yeah. What, what, did you get to meet up with him and talk to him a little bit? Or was it something that, that he was uh, talking at your school or what? Yeah, so with Al Sharpton, um, it was uh, basically I got selected to be at the Change Choir. Um, so it was a really great experience. Um, him, I got the chance to talk to him very briefly because with him, he's very busy. He has his people there. He has his crew, his team, and they're always telling him to go here or to his chambers and that sort. Uh, but besides that, you know, I had the opportunity to be as his presence, you know, when we did our shows. Uh, we actually did a show up in Washington, D.C., right? Not far from the White House. Um, it was for, I, I forget what event was it, but it was for an event we did um and it was outdoors it was a great experience you know just to be there and see all these people there and to preach you know and then just do what we did um and you know we got to do other places we actually did a uh, martin luther king they do it i think annually before covid before covid of course um at the sherrington hotel i had the chance to be there performing there actually true story i did i wrote this in the book you have to get the book it's very juicy <laughs> um i actually had the opportunity to have met robin thick what? Um, yeah, true story. No lie. It's in the book. You got to get the book. So uh, we were actually, be, uh, we were at the Sharrington Hotel, I think it was like 50-something street, if I'm not mistaken. Um, it was me and our change um, our change uh, choir members. So we were all lining up because we are next to be, you know, on stage to perform. I got to see Robin Richard. I think Robin, um, Robin, I forgot, she's from ABC. Um, oh, got her name. Robin, Robin something. Anyway, but she, Robin Roberts, forgive me. Okay. She was there. Uh, Judge Mathis was there. There was a lot of celebrities there. So, you know, we got to go behind the scenes. We went to wait, be in line to perform next, our next act. And uh, no lie, Robin Robin Thicke was talking, I guess, or something. Um, and he walked out downstairs at the stage. He said, oh, to all of us, he's ladies, you're going to kill it. You do your thing. No lie to you. This is what happened. And this is really happened to me that day. Um, he saw me and I was like blushing. And this man is like over six feet tall. He's a very tall guy. Um, he came up to me and he kissed my hand. <laughs> I swear to you, I on the stack of Bibles, this man came up to me. He kissed my hand and he was like, he looked at me for a few minutes. I was like, oh my God. I thought I'd just like pee on myself. But then he left and um, all the ladies were laughing. And I was like, I told Lisa, I would never wash this hand. But I did, of course, unfortunately. But I, I was like, it was a great experience. It was great. After you recomposed <laughs> yourself. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Robin yeah. Thicke. I mean, famously, this guy had a, had girl problems, and he wrote a whole album to try to get the girl back just for yeah. her. Yeah. Okay. I wrote a whole album for her. <laughs> Now that's a that's a romantic man, I think. You know whether whether uh, whether it worked or not. I don't I don't remember whether it worked or not. Uh, if he got the girl back, <laughs> he never got it back. No? I think they they separated. Yeah, they kind of went that way. I guess. Hey, that's something that an entertainer can do. That creator can do. You have that power to make your pain into creative. Uh, you know, let your creative juices flow. So I mean, give uh, all right. I know I've taken some of your time. Let's uh let's wind this thing down okay. and uh, give some shout outs to the people that have helped you away. What what I, what other avenues do you want to explore? What do you want to tell people? Yeah, I want to give a first and foremost. I want to give a shout out to you for having me in the show. Thank you so much. Um, a shout out to all my amazing supporters, my my uh, fans, as they say, um, my management, Jampire Media. Um, the list goes on, and just my family who's been supporting me uh, through anything I want to do in life, and um. 
Yeah, I think later on, I in my my life in, gen, in general, I want to continue on what I'm doing with the community work. Um, I get, I did do a back to school event last year. My community was great, very successful. We're doing it this year as we speak, same location. We're trying to be around the neighborhood, but uh, I'll update you that if you're interested. I'll, I'm going to start getting flyers on it and anything of that nature. And we are looking for supplies. Uh, if anybody wants to support us with uh, back to school supplies or anything, just 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 for the kids, we appreciate that. Uh, it will be happening in August, that's for sure. So I'll let you guys know more about that. Um, I just want to continue on pushing uh, my agenda, which is inspire people and uplift them um, and um, motivate somebody. If, if I could reach out to somebody right now today uh, through your show or maybe somebody that could be like, wow, this person went through so much and they're still here to this day to vouch their testimony to somebody. That could make my day complete because I know I did something that's going to change somebody else's life. Well, what's on the immediate horizon for, for Veronica Vero G. Gonzalez? I mean, I, I think New York is starting to open up. I mean, I, I got vaccinated. I feel like a superhero, but I still go around with my mask everywhere. You know, but, uh, you know, if the if the store, if the restaurant says, hey, wear a mask, of course, I'm going to wear a mask, you know. But, uh, uh, you know, as as we're breaking out of this coronavirus, the the before times and now the after times, uh, you know, uh, what's on the horizon? for you yeah definitely so actually as I speak I am working on two more EP albums this year and next year um, so that's in the works right now actually I'm working on more uh, books uh, I think poetry books of some sorts but definitely some more publications coming soon um, I'm working on the back to school event coming this year uh, I'm actually doing my victory tour so you guys I'm excited uh, we're starting out this month uh, in upstate New York uh, to the event we're doing uh, for other artists as well I'll, I'll be performing and hosting as well uh, and besides that i'll be performing in vegas uh in august i'm excited <laughs> uh i will be performing as well in new jersey for uh, the fourth of july event um and i think a couple of locations where we're trying to put together and also i think in pa another event as well i'm uh, performing and uh, i'm going to keep putting good, good music out there for you guys um uh, and no, more music videos out there as well actually i did a george floyd uh um, tribute music video tribute it's out there guys you guys if you can support that we actually have over 4.k views already thank you for those who have been watching um, and we just want to have this acknowledgement that you know we, unity is what it is and we need to continue fighting the cause for police brutality and we need to end that and I think what this message was a video it says it all we need to have the next generations know that um, they shouldn't ever suffer through those situations that we're going through now at this time and I do want to throw it in here I also have a magazine guys uh, it's called the Real G Spotlight Magazine. Uh, this is actually May's issue right now. And we got on the cover for this issue. It's an amazing DJ. He goes by DJ Lee Majors. Uh, so definitely support that. You can at www.macloud.com. And also I got the special edition for May issue as well for the late uh, DMX. So yeah, definitely support that, guys, if you're interested for both. Um, and I'm just going to continue my mission with God, uh, what He has put me to here, being this world, and to motivate people and continue putting great music and great stuff for you guys. Oh my goodness! Yeah, you said entrepreneur in the beginning of this podcast, and you just keep throwing stuff out there that you're doing. <laughs> Keep, uh, an actual magazine that Vero G Spotlight is putting out there. And I, I, I said somewhere in this podcast that is print dead? No, 
No, I'd love to have a magazine in my hands reading about things, you know, like uh, the passing of uh, DMX. Uh, you know, that yeah. was that was hard. Oh, and then uh, was it uh, Shock G just passed away? I was like, what? The Humpty Hump. Yeah. Oh man, and you know, and Black Rob, yeah, and Black Rob. Oh my gosh, you know, and I, 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 I um, thankfully. I mean, you know, I know that in my own little way, I try to give a tribute to those people, you know, on a Thursday or Friday night when I'm at the clubs. But they they give so much to the world. And and Veronica Vero G, you're going to be give you have all this that you've given to the world and that allows you to be immortal. You'll be out there forever. Now, I I noticed you had a a website that's designed by Wix and it has the the official uh, I can't breathe. Uh, there's the it, it's been designed pretty well is that something that you you put together on your own I'll, I'll put a link to it sure thank you so much yeah that's my official website where everything is up to date of news updates uh latest music videos music everything you can ask for just definitely check that out it's www.verogesmusic.com um definitely support that yeah i actually me and my management uh we put it together and i'm, I'm the one that's constantly updating i have to to have you know more content and source of nature and uh yeah definitely so check that out. i have to add before anything uh we also have i did with my management uh two docufilms um um, which the first one is called Through Their Eyes, The Mask Behind the Mask. Big shout out to Shauna Gordine. Uh, she was a producer for that amazing docufilm. We actually got the Be Free Award this year for People's Choice for 2021. Big shout out. Yes, yes, I'm excited. Wow. So we're waiting, we're waiting for that award soon to come in the house. <laughs> um, but that docufilm is actually... Um, true story is about uh domestic violence survivors telling their story and even through men who suffered through it women and children so this is a very heartfelt docufilm it's on my youtube channel guys can definitely support that at a uh, G spotlight tv network uh besides that guys uh the other docufilm uh, it's called um trials and tribulations my own personal um docufilm i had um you know, put together with my management, you definitely go support that if you guys can. We're also on Roku and Amazon as well. Uh, like I said again, um, you guys can find me quickly on my social media, Diva and Diamonds on IG. Um, you can find me on my Facebook artist page, Vero G. Uh, my Twitter handle is at V-E-R-O 2884. Um, and everything else is on the website. So if you guys are interested, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm finding things more and more that you have a whole Vero G <laughs> spotlight magazine it, yeah. that's uh, Instagram as well. Uh, oh, there's so much more. I mean, I could talk to you for hours, but uh, I will let I you <laughs> I will let you go for now. I don't want this to be the last time that we chat either. You know, I, and, and if there's any any other avenues you want to explore, please, by all means. But I usually finish these things off with last words for the people. Do you have any other shout outs to give? Yeah, just a shout out to everyone who's out there trying to inspire their dreams or trying to to start somewhere. Don't give up on yourself. Just keep pushing it out there, and and something eventually is going to happen. Just gotta be persistent and consistent, as they say, and everything that you do. Well, my goodness, I was going to say uh, if you didn't have any shout outs, I was going to tell you to give the last words for the people, but I think you just did. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much yeah i guess yeah Vero <laughs> g all right i do want you to give last words for the people this way we can finish this thing off with a bow uh, this could be you know words to live by something that you heard a long time ago maybe a mantra that you wake up with every morning or mm. just whatever you pops up pops into your head at this moment in time veronica Vero g gonzalez last words for the people 
Yes. Um, I always stick to this one model, which I always stay to um, in general. And I think it's always believe in yourself. Um, nobody's going to believe in you yourself first before others believe in you. That's my model. there you have it party people vero g what a nice lady what a nice lady so inspirational uh, you know you and people grow up all kinds of ways and y- you make it through you make it through and the the strongest people are the ones that make it through uh, you know don't uh, take take inspiration take take advice from vero g and make it through you can witness a lot of horrible things in this world and as long as you take care of each other and that's what you that's what she's doing she takes care of other people you know beyond taking care of first you take care of yourself make sure that you're all straight and then try to take care of somebody else that is that's that's the only thing we have to do in this life is take care of each other really be a member of this community be a fine upstanding citizen of the community take care of each other don't hurt each other Take care of each other. Vero G, inspiring people. And between your poems and your lyrics and your motivational speaking, fantastic. So good to know you, Vero G. So good to know you. And thank you so much for being a part of the the What Makes You Famous podcast. I appreciate it so much. And I look forward to talking to you more as time progresses, for sure. All right. Now I turn my attention to you. If you would like to tell your story, I encourage you to give me a call, 501-470-6386, or email info at radiowhat.com. That's it for me. It's Keys Dan, radiowhat.com, djlittlerock.com. Peace. I'm out of here. Radio What, the music you want. Hey, guys, this is Shelly G with a fast fact. Since its launch in 1981, the song Memory of the Musical Cats has been played on radio more than a million times. Do you have a fast fact? Share it with us at Interactive Radio, RadioWhat.com. If you like what you hear, follow What Makes You Famous social media. Use the hashtag What Makes You Famous. Follow on Facebook at What Makes You Famous. Follow on Instagram at What Makes You Famous. Follow on Twitter at Makes Famous. And follow on YouTube at Keys Dan. Leave What Makes You Famous podcast a review and subscribe. Listen to What Makes You Famous podcast on Podbean, iTunes, YouTube, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and Spotify, and almost anywhere you find podcasts. Tell your story on my podcast, What Makes You Famous. Call 501-470-6386 and leave a message to set up a time. You can support What Makes You Famous using the PayPal link, paypal.me forward slash keys dan email info at radio what.com what makes you famous podcast is a production of keys dan enterprises incorporated at keys thank you for listening hey keys dan what you doing my line i'm playing the best music by request 24 hours a day click on the request tab at the top of radio what.com radio what dot com